Welcome to the Rainmaker Fundraising Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Olson. This podcast is produced to give fundraisers and nonprofit leaders like you the tools to increase mission impact. Tune in weekly so you don't miss a thing. Your mission is critical. Your resources are finite. You need a partner that can deliver customized, scalable, and relevant donor communications that increase response and maximize net long-term revenue for your cause. You need Altus Marketing. Check us out at altusmktg.com or email me directly at a-o-l-s-e-n at a-l-t-u-s-m-k-t-g.com to learn how we can elevate your fundraising results. And now here's today's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show today. This is Andrew Olson. I am uh, really, really excited for this conversation. So I'm here with my very good friend, Kat Landa. Kat is Senior Vice President at ViewSpark, uh, where she helps nonprofits inspire generosity in their supporters uh, through video engagement. Kat is also uh, an inspiring change leader uh, who's on a personal mission to guide and nurture people to feel valued, have hope, find peace, and be life-giving to others. We can all use some of that. Kat, welcome today. <laughs> Hi, Andrew. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm so excited to have this conversation too. I mean, I think we sort of sparked off of a LinkedIn comment about some experiences that we've shared in the whole world of change management. And that's like every time this comes up or in any small way with any work that you're currently doing, I just I have numerous thoughts. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's so easy to feel time and space because it's such a, um, you know, it's provocative. It's a provocative experience to go through if you've ever been part of a sort of a large purposeful initiative. Yeah, absolutely. So for, for our listeners today, um, you know, some of, some of them probably know the two of us personally, uh, many do not, uh, Kat and I have worked together now, gosh, since like 2009, uh, when we were both 12, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm like, was I even married? I don't remember. I'm like thinking back. I don't remember. Um, and we we have uh, we've helped lead change initiatives for nonprofit organizations, but also for um, a pretty major uh, commercial uh, enterprise that was part of a for-profit holding company. So we're going to draw on a lot of that. We probably won't use a lot of names today, but uh, we've, we've got some great uh, change leadership uh questions to get into so um let's just jump in you know you you've uh you've led some pretty significant change initiatives Uh, what are what are some of the biggest things that you learned um in that area and and, you know what do our listeners need to know Mm, that's such a good question um i think honestly at the beginning and the end of the entire conversation it comes down to change and change management and and formative business moving forward is not even about the actual goals and outcomes for the business. It's about the people that are going to have to change, (laughs) right? So as is so much of what I think the world marketplace is realizing is business is about people. You know, we used to say relationships are about people and selling is about people and all these things, but I don't think we had a holistic view of business management being about, you know, the human resource and the talent that's in front of you. And that is really all it comes down to, because if you don't have the right people, if they are not equipped well, if they are not coached well, it's not going to work. Yeah. So I, I think it's just this, this, underestimated piece of any 
project that involves, you know, major changes is the human factor. Yeah. What in those, you know, big change initiatives that, um, that you've been involved in, what do you learn about your own leadership in that process and your own just humanity? Yeah. Uh, I think in particular, number one, and I, I think, you know, we'll get into this probably uh, inevitably on a number of questions, but there's a length of time and personal investment involved in any initiative like this. These, these are not projects that run three to six months <laughs> or a year. They're multi-year. And so you certainly start to learn about yourself and your level of commitment, your, the, how much grit you have, you know, where your major blind spots are as you go through because they start to show you wear thin as you travel down such a long road, right? And so for me personally, I can remember thinking like, you know, you, you talked about sort of the mission that I'm on is, is to really connect to the human person and be able to help them thrive wherever they are. Well, you know, that's always been a kind of a part of me and my personality and certainly where I'm always leaning. But I think back to some of the work that we did, you know, now it's, you know, 2015, a um, little bit ago. And I thought, you know, heading into that, I was like, I'm a people person. I understand people and I'll be able to kind of see how people are feeling and like respond to that. And I really care. And truly I do care. And I know that there are, you know, a number of people whose lives forever change because of the things that we did and decisions that we made. Right. And we didn't make all the right decisions and we didn't do it all right. So that's kind of a big sort of burden to carry. But what specifically I'm getting at is, you know, I thought I was prepared for that. I thought I was prepared for it and I wasn't. <laughs> Number one, I uh, I would have considered myself a decent listener. And again, like a people person, like I get what's going on. I can feel where you're at. And I had the right level of empathy and I didn't. I absolutely was completely, you know, unprepared for that. And all in the process, we had some people who were brave enough to step forward and say, here's what it's feeling like for us. Here's what it's actually, here's what we're experiencing. And, you know, we've put hours and hours of painful thought into the timing and how we were going to bring things out and, and why we were doing it the way we were going to do it to benefit everyone. Right. So, um, and yet we were still totally, you know, missing some of the feedback we were, um, didn't anticipate certain things. So I think I learned that, I thought I was a pretty relational person at that point in my leadership career and journey, but I was still awfully transactional <laughs> and that really started to come out in that process. And that is a key, you know, as, as I say that the whole picture now is a lot about human realities. It, you cannot be transactional. You cannot you know, bring all the people in, sit them down, have the conversation, care about them. I always cared about what we were doing and I always cared about their outcomes, but I wasn't digging deep enough you know, to what that impact was really going to be. So I think where I'm at now is just, you know, and I did some coaching. I did a lot of reading in this area to come to a place of like a servant leader, a really deeply committed and engaged person of understanding who wasn't just waiting for you to finish talking so that I could say what I was going to say anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but I was actually listening to where you're at and how that perspective might be different than mine. And I might not be right about the way that I think we should do things. So yeah. that was, that was definitely a big learning about myself through the process. 
That's yeah, it's spot on. You know, um, I actually happen to have that. The, you know, the person that you're talking about who who brought that up and kind of said, "Hey, this isn't working as well as you guys might think it is." Um, she's on my staff uh, again, mm-hmm. and and I was just she and I were just in a meeting. Okay. I think it was yesterday or the day before where I was able to tell that story and just kind of celebrate again her um, her being brave and, and saying, yeah. "Hey, hey, guys, like this sucks, right?" Um, <laughs> And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it did, you know, and um, kind of the same, like, you know, there there was the, hey, we've studied this, we've built the plan. I mean, I remember we spent, you know, we and a oh dozen other people spent days in your backyard game planning and flow charting and all this crap, right, to get this yep. change initiative, yep. right. And, and just kind of hearing you talk about that, you know, what, what it reminds me of is that as we go through that process, if you don't have those sort of built-in reality checks in the process, mm-hmm. right? Where, yes. where you create the space for somebody to say, hey, I get that we're going to change. I get that it's going to be painful for a while, but have you realized how painful it actually is, right? right. And then having the, because um, I don't think I had this either at the time, ha- having the, the, the wherewithal to say, well, wait a minute, if it's that bad, maybe either this isn't the right change or mm. we need to dial it down or th- we need to change something else so that, you know, the, the, yes, the, the end goal of getting to whatever the new reality is, is still valid, but, you know, let's not run people over in the process. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we used to talk about another leader and, and, you know, they really got it done. They really got it done and they rose through the ranks because they always got it done. The only problem was that they left a bunch of bodies in their wake, yeah. like every time. Right. Yep. So, you know, we could see that and go, man, we never want to do that. Right. Except for we caught ourselves doing that very thing, right. you know, as you go. And, and that's part of this is that you absolutely will make mistakes. And I think being able, you know, we really pivoted at that point and we didn't even know exactly how or where we were going to pivot to, but we, we took a time out actually, it's probably the better way to, to look at that and just said, Whoa, 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 gosh. Okay. So yeah, we knew this was going to be difficult. We knew this was going to be hard. We knew, we knew more than everyone else. And in fact, one of the things that that person brought to the table or pointed out to us was, um, you know, part of one of the most difficult things to manage in any process like this is the uh, available information, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm a big believer in progressive disclosure because, you know, <laughs> I, I just thought of a story that I'm not actually going to use here, but <laughs> but I'm a big believer because you you don't want to overdo it in the sense that you give so much information away that you have people just like reeling and spinning about all this potentially things that could go wrong or, you know, how bad it might be. I mean, we did have to paint a picture of that. We have a problem that is, if not dealt with, we will all be in a world of hurt, right? Mm-hmm. So they call it the platform is burning, right? right? So our platform was burning underneath us, the, the business was going down. So you would think that that would be enough of a story to be able to tell, to say the, you know, this is actually really serious and we're all going to have to get on board but we have a plan. Don't worry. You know, we have a plan and here's the plan and we're all going to do it. Um, but it was crazy just how still difficult it was to kind of move that forward. 
even though, you know, I think people just kept wanting to go back to the way it was. And even though we were saying like, you can't like, we, right. we'll all be out of jobs if we, if we take that task, you know? So, yeah, you know, I, um, so I was having a conversation with someone else just this morning, uh, about this kind of thing. And, and we're, we're, you know, no, not a major change initiative, but a, a, a you know, moderate kind of change. And, and I, I was asking the question, like, we have a little bit of information right now. Is it better to share a little bit of information and say, hey, this is all we know today. It's going to change even beyond this. So, you know, or, or do you just not share until you have more information, right? Like it, it's not really a, which one is better. It's almost a, which one is worse. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, as, as you're talking about this, the other thing that struck me for those people who, you know, just wanted it to stay the same. I wonder if part of that isn't, uh, you know, when, when you paint a global picture of, yes, this is where we're going. This is why the platform is burning. We have to jump off. I, I think so often it, it really boils down to what about me personally, right? So it's not, even though, you know, we are working towards a major goal for a you know, full organization, you know, having to yeah. you know, being able to boil it down to like, James, here's what this means for you. You're in your daily role. You know, when you come to work tomorrow, this is what's going to be different. And I know uh, looking back, I certainly don't think that I did enough to, to bring it down to that level. Um, and I just wonder if, you know, I think that's a, that's a cautionary tale for people, right? Yeah, to to yeah. not just think about organizational change, but individual change and how you need to convey those messages so that, you know, while the whole group gets a picture of where they're going, each individual within the group gets a picture personally of here's how that's going to impact you. Right. Oh man. That's yeah. That's an excellent summary of some of the conclusions. I think we can draw from that for sure. Absolutely. Cautionary tale. I think. um, Yeah. And you can see how that becomes an issue for uh, any large business, right? Because we had X number of people that we were working with in this, that this was going to touch. Right. Um, our immediate group, and then other stakeholders. That's a lot of commitment, right? Mm -hmm. So we're already putting in however many hours just to get to the tactical side of it and care about what how to deliver the message and how people will then receive it. But um, the enormous amount of investment from a company to sit down and do something like that, right? right? To, To give us the time or the resources to be able to like sit with each person and exactly give them a vision for what that looks like. But in fact, that is probably the thing that will do the most good in that thing, yeah. right? I think, you know, we're like, let's make sure people have what they need and they're feeling good about things and they feel encouraged. We did a lot on the like encouragement and inspiration side, really well-meaning, right? right? Let's buy this, lunch, you know, but now I see these, you know, memes and other things about like, you know, culture is not about having, you know, the break room stocked with snacks. Like I think right. we probably, we did that. We stocked the break room with yeah, snacks. Yeah, I remember sure. that, right? <laughs> and so you could see how far things have come, right? Because, you know, it's not about that. We probably could have, would have done better having exactly what you're saying, that individual conversation about painting a real vision for that person and what that looks like. And we would still, I think some of the hesitation is, well, I don't, you know, likely because some of these people are not going to be on this boat when it launches. Right. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let them draw that conclusion, paint the picture, let them draw the conclusion on if that's a boat they want to be in or not be in. 
Right. Yeah. You know, and, and just the other kind of aspect of that is the encouragement's important, right? And painting the vision for the future is important. But I think it's sort of integral to that whole process. If you're creating the space to share with them what their personal, you know, change story is going to look like is also creating the space for them to mourn, right? Because mm, for yes. some of them, they're even even if they plan to stay, right? There's still yes. that that you know, and maybe mourning's too too strong of a word, but I can't think of a better one. You know, I don't for, think so. For them to reflect back on like, well, I actually liked how it was yesterday, right? Yeah. And and now I'm being told that in order for tomorrow to be to be successful and for us to be all I'll be here, I have to change this. So I I you know. That's a really hard one to do, uh, particularly if you're wired like people like us are, um, yeah. or at least I'll speak for myself. Um, you know, where where it's like move forward at all costs, right? Right. To right. to sit in that discomfort is tough, and yes. and so you know I think that's another one where uh, any kind of counsel I would give to somebody who's jumping into change leadership is uh, watch out for those kind of things and and be intentional about creating that space where people can process it almost like they're processing a loss of a, a family member or, you know, um, something that was very important. that was part of who they were because that's really what you're dealing with. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I think, um, I mean, it, it, the other piece in this particular scenario is that the immediately preceding period was a heyday, hmm. right? So, you know, on paper, it wasn't. <laughs> right. But as a culture, I mean, I hadn't seen that paper before that period and, and, and the position that I was in at that point. And as an outsider looking in on the team, you know, things were great. We seemed to be growing. It seemed to be this very um, healthy business. Right. And it was, and we had a pretty solid atmosphere and all these different things. So, to especially for those people, you know, who had experienced that, who had just experienced this, you know, we were a magnet for people, wanted to work there, wanted to be in that business. Um, Cause it was really doing some of the best work and all of that. So to be preceded by a period like that, and then to be telling everyone, <laughs> this is what this is like, I can see that that was a hard story to tell, you know, yeah, and to understand and to accept and then be able to process and processing takes time and it has a toll. I think we have this very under underappreciated toll that people are living with right now in their work life and their personal life. I mean, you carry it everywhere you go from these last couple of years. And I think people are starting to talk about that and the impact that that may or may not have on individuals. But the reality is we have all been through traumatic events. These are, these are traumas. This is, you know, <laughs> I'm as much business person as the next guy. And I can still see that this is, you know, making an impact on our employees. And it's something that we can't, um, we cannot overlook. Right. So what yeah. was going to be burnout before is going to be faster and, and deeper than it mm-hmm. used to be because we are carrying a lot of other latent uh, mourning loss of things over these last few years and just the ultimate stress of what life has been like, um, at least here in the States in the last couple of years. So that's a factor as you continue down any of these paths. Yeah. You know, I know you have a lot of, uh, a lot of conversations with, with leaders and, uh, you know, and, and you're also doing a lot of coaching work. What are you hearing, um, 
you know, and I fully believe what you're saying about the burnout and and that it's deeper and faster. Like what, what's the sentiment right now? Is there a hope that people have or, or is there just a general like malaise? (laughs) That's a, it's a great question. Um, and, and we need to answer it and, and understand and listen enough to know what's the real reality. Because I think right now where conversations start is a general malaise. Like I, I, one, I think people have a really hard time giving themselves any credit for how difficult the last few years have been, Mm -hmm. right? I have gotten to the place where I can talk freely about that and call it a trauma and say, yeah, this has been a hard couple of years and I'm going to cut myself a break. Right. Um, but that's a difficult thing, especially when you have a personality that's just like, no, I should, that shouldn't matter. And that's not about, you know, I'm not sick. I didn't get actually physically ill. So I should be able to produce just like I've always produced. Right. So that's a hard thing. And I think a lot of people start this conversation with, um, I just don't know. I'm just stuck. I'm just malaise. I'm just, you know, I don't know about work. It's just, you know, I'm not really happy there, but I don't know that it's really me or it's the place or it's where I've always been or, you know, so I think it starts there, but then what quickly happens is that you've, you know, as you peel back the onion a little bit is yeah, people are traumatized. People have had to dramatically change things in one way or another. And it's different for everybody across all socioeconomic places that it's a different experience that we've had, um, but no one is unaffected. By this. So I think, you know, starting in that point is there hope, right? So I do think so. I think what a lot of people have not had to learn how to do in some cases, they've kind of made it without it, is exactly what you talked about that morning piece, that processing piece, right? So they've experienced this, they, they use whatever crutches they've had, you know, there's so many jokes about, you know, gosh, the, well, there's, there's jokes and then there's reality there's been a 25% increase in alcoholism wow. in the United States. I, that is, I did not know that. That's or I should say staggering. addiction in general, including alcohol and substance abuse. Okay, sure. 25%. Yeah. That is astronomical. That is a problem, right? But it's actually a symptom of this experience. And there are many, many others, right? Everyone has their own way of coping. And when I think people who have not been equipped to do real processing outside of just coping and masking with, you know, whatever your crutch is, sure. I have mine, of course, and I use them previously last <laughs> year, right. As I'm trying to do the right thing. Um, they're in a much more difficult position. Is there hope? Yes. I do think there is. I think that, um, you know, uh, it, it's interesting, you know, they always talk about like turning around a huge ship, right. Um, I don't, by any means, think we're going to go back to the way things were. I think it's all about continuing to move forward in our new environment. I think actually we've picked up a lot of really incredible um, uh, new ways of doing things that will benefit us forevermore. Uh, but I do think that uh, yeah, people are people are needing to sit and process what happened, own it. Has it affected me? what do I need moving forward and go for it? And I do, I think now that we're actually out of some of that, like people are getting better, numbers are going down, things are opening. It feels like it's over. It's by no means over, of course, but, and and of course I'm strictly speaking pandemic. There's a million other things going on in our world that are also compounding this. It's just easier to talk about. But as that happens, people actually do turn pretty quickly. So when I talk about turning the big ship, right? 
as we move forward, I mean, it's like, even in my area, you know, it's almost like it went from like, oh my gosh, it's still this. And it still has this huge impact to like, it's over, you know, like that, that, you know, the human spirit has an incredible resilience to actually bounce back after things once things start looking better. Mm -hmm. So that's actually a really key thing in the whole change process is it is a long and arduous process, right? And so one of the best things you can do for yourself as you're in it is to celebrate wins. Mm -hmm. That is such an incredibly important part of it because if you don't, you will lose hope. You have to build that in. You have to find the things that are you know, the rays of hope, the things that are working and just capitalize on them, really highlight them. And you as a leader have to do that because they're not going to look fantastic. It's not going to look spectacular. It's going to look like, okay, that looks like it's something. And your job is to translate that into a whole ton of hope for your team. Yeah. Right. So let's talk a little bit about um, sort of that leader mindset and, and how how you keep showing up every day mm. in those tough times, right? Because I remember, you know, when, when you and I were working together on that particular change initiative, um, it was almost like we'd, you know, high five in the middle of the night and like turn over the work to the, to the other person. Right. I mean, yeah. I literally remember sometimes, you know, logging off at 2 AM as you were logging on. Um, right. and, and we were, we're sort in of, different time zones, so different time sense. zones. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, sort of trading the work, yeah. But that meant that it never stopped. Right. And, uh, yeah. and so like there were, and I think that's probably true of leaders that are leading any kind of major change initiative that like it, you've got your regular work and you've got, you know, these other initiatives that you're trying to push things forward on, uh, you know, don't even start talking about like trying to make sure that you get your kid to soccer or that, you know, you, you pick up your laundry or whatever it might be, right. Whatever personal things. Um, what are what are some of the ways that you found to like keep yourself grounded to remind yourself mm-hmm. that you know this isn't who you are it's just what you happen to be working on right now um and yeah. and to keep keep yourself you know motivated to continue showing up like what are what are those tools that you discovered in that process yeah i'm going to give you a huge mindset shift to start with. Okay. And I'll give you a little bit more of the personal stuff of it, but it's, I think it's critically important, especially at this juncture in our conversation about this. So we've to, to this point talked about how it's a change initiative. It's a change project. It starts here and mm-hmm. here. It's a thing. That's not a thing anymore. It's yeah, a great point. <laughs> um, so as much as it's easier to talk about it that way, because that's how it has existed in the past, it's the, the, the here and the now and the from here on is that we are just, you know, this is business now. It's an ongoing revisiting what's working today. What do we need to do? And it's going to be a lot less about um, changing from here to here. And it's going to just be more about the iterative process of being a successful organization, a successful business, a successful person. And it's, constant innovation, evaluation, and pivoting, right? Into whatever you are. So it's if we can take out that very Western linear thinking of A to B yep. and think a lot more about 
you know, what is it right now? What do we, what does it need to be for the marketplace? You know, what does it need to be for the donor or the consumer? Uh, because that is, that is truly where this is. At. I mean, if we look at any, you know, it's easy to talk about major brands because we all know them, right? So uh, Netflix, this is a great and easy example, right? So in 1998, I believe when they started, it's about DVDs and competing with Blockbuster. So for all, I, I, I don't know your competing average with who? What? <laughs> your average <laughs> listenership age. But that was a store that you went to and you got a VHS tape and you borrowed it for a dollar and then you brought it back. <laughs> uh, so, you know, they come to the market, they say, and, and what their, their idea at the time was revolutionary, right? We're actually going to mail you that video so you can watch it and you can get three at a time on this plan or five at a time. And then you just drop it in the mail. And it's like the easiest thing in the world. And we we're just like, wow, this is so amazing. I love Netflix. It's so great. So I believe by about 2000, I think it's 2002, they had about 700,000 people under membership. And these are people receiving DVDs in the mail. And, uh, you know, they didn't stop there. They didn't go like, and this is our business. You know, mm-hmm. like yep. they said, okay, what's today's data? Okay, now what are people talking about? Okay, now, you know, so it becomes an just an ongoing state of being to think about what's best for your market, whatever that might be, on a daily basis and just continue to move in that direction. So it's less a lot. If you can think about it that way, it's not so hopeless or dire or long or arduous. It's just more of the way we operate. What's best for today, right? Yeah. So I'm going to frame it that way. And then just so then as a person, you know, as a leader going through this, I, you know, I made a ton of mistakes and and beat myself up a ton. I mean, I just, you know, had had those big dips of like, I'm the wrong person for this. And why did I even do this? You know, I got one like negative review in a sense or something from from a from a very upset employee. And I was just like, that's it. I'm over. I quit. I'm the wrong person for that. I just, I'm obviously a terrible person. Um, now it was a very personal attack. So <laughs> it was <laughs> question my, myself, my consciousness, my faith and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, you process and you, and you come back from that. And so then what were the tools I had to put in place? Cause I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't be knocked, knocked completely down or the wind out of me when one person is upset with, with what happens because you'll never please everyone, right. everyone as they think. Um, I had to, you know, do a couple of things. One, I had to have the right network of support, right? So I, that's the, those people, you know, you were obviously that person, but you were so close to it. I had to have other people to be able to have that conversation with too, you know, of course, my husband and other outsiders that could give me perspective because we're so close and living and feeling mm-hmm. it every day. So definitely just having a network of people that I could go to who might have a fresh idea or who could tell me like, knock it off. You're fine. You're great. Do it. You're heading in the right direction. Uh, You know, my own sort of well-being practice, right? Like taking care of myself. I mean, at some points we were, you know, barely sleeping, traveling a lot, getting sick all the time because we were not taking care of ourselves. And at some point I thought, oh my gosh, like if I want to live this life that has like really thin margins and I still want to be you know, I had a baby. I had it. I'm pretty sure like when we started the initiative, I had like, oh no, I was still pregnant. Yeah. I left and went on maternity leave and came back during this process. And, 
you know, you, you, I still wanted to be great in those capacities. I wanted to show up for my family. I don't want to miss any of those pieces. So you have to come up with a disciplined practice of wellness um, boundaries. That's another huge one. You know, like I, I did work on maternity leave, but that was a really personal choice at that time. I didn't work with my first child. I took that maternity leave. I was like, peace out. I enjoyed it. And then I was bored to tears. Now, yeah, I think I you called me on day seven and, and said, can you send me some <laughs> I had work? A baby who was, you know, just amazing and slept and did all the things and stuff. And I was like remodeling my house by myself. So the second time around when this was happening, I said, I would actually love to put in 10 hours a week or whatever it was. And that was a personal choice. I, that's not for everybody. I would not do that today. Like this, if, if I had another baby right now, I would totally not do that. It's not where I'm at in life. Um, but it was good for me then. But it was boundaried. I was like, I need something so that I can just feel like I'm doing stuff that's just outside of this. And that's for me and, and where I want to go with my career. And I don't want to lose touch with this project that I really care about and the people I really care about. And I boundaried it. I was like, I'm doing this, but I'm not doing any more than that. Right. So I, you know, boundaries are so incredibly important. And the reality is coming out on the other side of an initiative or moving your company to a place like I'm talking about where it's just consistent change um, is not worth losing everything else in your life. Nothing about that is worth it. Yeah. It's just not. Right. So at the end of the day, that you have to have your values and your priorities totally straight and you got to stick to them. And what are that, whatever order that is for you. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit because the the business that we're both in is serving organizations that serve people and serve bigger causes, right? So we're not out selling beer and potato chips. Um, nothing wrong with that. We're just not doing it. Done right? that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but what uh, I feel like that puts an extra level of pressure on getting things right. And getting them yeah. right quickly, right? Because uh, nonprofit organizations operate on such thin margins and really expect that their partners deliver for them in in phenomenal ways. And so any any deviation from that has actual like life and death implications for some organizations. What does that additional layer of pressure like like how does that impact people and, and what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I, this is, you know, uh, this is an area that I want to move into more conversation on. Uh, it comes up, of course, because the people that I meet with or that I coach or at, that I experience through my um, work life at Viewspark, you know, again, it always comes down to people. So you're having a conversation about, you know, using video technology, but what you find out is that, um, you know, this person is doing six jobs, two people are gone. Um, they have COVID, everyone else in their, and then their staff has it. And so people are in and out and it's causing issues. And you come back to this whole kind of human piece of it again, you just cannot evade that. And to your point, you know, all we work with people who do good in the world, right? So this is an area with all that added pressure. So as I'm having those conversations, I'm realizing we need, we as a sector, as an industry need to talk a lot more about this because the commercial place is figuring it out too. We are typically behind. I don't want us to be in that position anymore. 
And we're going to be harder hit, I feel like, by this, you know, this latent trauma that I'm talking about because the expectations are so high on us. And it's almost like, just like we look at the financial and economic impact of it, you know, salaries being lower than, than our commercial counterparts in those pieces. I feel like the investment in the human person is lower, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's like, if you're in this work, you've chosen it with your badge of honor because it you care about, you know, the people and the good work that's being done. So you're not allowed to feel anything. <laughs> you're not allowed to, you know, need time out with your family. You're not, it's almost like, but didn't, isn't this, aren't these your values? Didn't you choose this? You know, you could be working anywhere, but you chose to be here, which means we can totally abuse you. Right. But, and that, that narrative must change just as it it has to change, you know, around the financials of the whole piece of it and how we measure charity, because I feel like people just feel like there is no space for them to make mistakes uh, for them to get sick, for them to have any kind of conversation like we're having. About or just to have an off day. Yeah. Or have an off day. Absolutely. Because the stakes are high. And because we really built up this whole thing about these kind of people get into nonprofit. Hmm. Right. And there's yeah. just, there's something there. There is something there. And I'm, I'm actually going to share with you um, oh, just a sign up, just that if you want to have this conversation, if you want to be in a conversation or get any resources out of what happens from it, um, you know, throw me your email address or DM me on LinkedIn and and I'll put you into this as we pull this group together. Awesome. That's great. Um, all right. We're sort of just about out of time, but before I let you go, Kat, um, to that worn out leader, right. That, Mm. that person who's in the, in the middle of trying to push through some change initiative, right. Or who's maybe staring down the barrel at a change process that she knows has to happen, but she's like, crap, I just don't even know if I have it in me to do this. Like what, what's a a word of encouragement and advice um, or a a tip or two that you can share? Yeah. You are not alone. You are not alone. There are so many of us that deeply care about making change. And uh, you know, find yourself another hero in the space or, you know, someone who's exactly where you are just trying to start and trying to figure out and share experience because we grow and develop in community, right? Mm-hmm. So when it, when I say it comes down to people, guess how people function in community. So uh, the more that you can surround yourself with others who are sharing a similar experience or understand where you're coming from, that will really buoy you as you, as you go and don't be afraid to reach out to the resources. Right. So, you know, we all don't want to bother people and all that stuff. Use the resources, have the conversations, ask for 20 minutes with someone to pick their brain or just to let you vet. Uh, Cause you are going to need that as you go. And people are more than willing to, to step into that role and help you. Yeah. And so just do not be able, uh, do not be afraid to ask for the help. I think is one. The other thing is, again, change the mindset, shift that mindset. It's not just here's this giant hill and I'm probably going to be climbing it for two years. Okay. Let's not look at it like that anymore. What is, what do I need to do today? What kind of business do I want to be today? What kind of person do I want to be today? How do I want others to experience me and the work that we're doing here? That's all that matters, right? So we're talking about planning for all this change, but what really matters is the interactions that you have today. 
And I think the other piece is you got to take care of yourself. You absolutely have to take care of yourself. You are the resource, right? When you're all used up, there's no more resource. No one's doing that work that you find so important. So make that investment in you to make sure that you can give everything you can give on an ongoing basis. And it is a marathon. It is not a sprint. Work is no longer a sprint. <laughs> it's an absolute marathon. It, it, and so prepare yourself, invest in yourself, whatever that looks like for you, right? Take that time and space to make sure you're taking care of it. So I think those are my top tips. Thank you. Um, I appreciate the... Uh... The authentic conversation we were able to have about this. It's a, it's a really important topic. Uh, and I'm glad you're leading in Serena. How do people reach you? I'd say the fastest, easiest is to LinkedIn me. It's an easy place to be able to find me, Cat Landa, CFRE. Uh, yeah, I'm open to any and all kind of conversations. If you need help, if you need a resource, if you just need a connection, let me know. I'm I'm happy to meet you where you are. Awesome. Cat, thanks again for being here and thanks for being who you are. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me anytime. Have you read my Amazon number one best-selling book, 101 Biggest Mistakes Nonprofits Make and How You Can Avoid Them Yet? It's the book that I wrote with expertise from over 20 nonprofit leaders and their 300 years of combined experience. You can download it for free today. Just visit andrewolson.net and go to the free resources tab on my site.